Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special returning guest to the podcast this week is a gentleman by the name of Craig Bissett. Craig is the president of Higher Results Limited and author of the book, My Worst Hire and What I Learned From It. Uh, Craig's in Toronto. He's the founder and developer of the hiring simulation assessment process. Founded in 2002, Higher Results Limited has designed, developed, and implemented over 4,500 hiring simulation assessments throughout North America. Craig, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate the uh, invite again. Great to talk with you. Always good. Always good to, to talk to you and, and, and get an update with what's going on in your world. And you've been, your new book's doing uh, awesome, ha- making an awesome impact. Before we get into maybe that, maybe could you tell our listeners a little bit about how you ended up in the talent acquisition and assessment business? I'm always fascinated by someone's backstory. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting story, Ian. You know, I, I started off my career in a technology world, and uh, uh, about four years into it, I uh, we were working on a real large deal, about an $8 million deal, and bottom line is we signed the deal, and at the end of the day, the client pulled out because of an acquisition, and uh, I went from being the, the king of selling an $8 million deal project to uh, it falling uh, flat and I remember saying to myself you know I need to get out of this business where you're dealing with RFPs and long long sales cycles and get more into transactional and more into personal business and a friend of mine was in the recruitment world and he uh, set me up talking to his his boss who was they were a leader in the world in the technology recruitment world back then and I simply asked his boss who their major competitor was and uh, they mentioned the name and they said a company called PJ Word Associates and I so I made a mental note and looked them up called them up and bottom line went for an interview with uh, Peter Ward at PJ Word Associates and ended up working with him and uh, within six months I was young I was a young guy there but within six months uh, uh, opened up another office for him. We ended up opening two offices. I uh, was there for a bunch of years, and then I became a partner in another firm where we had nine offices across Canada. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, an industry where when I joined, uh, Ian, uh, it's kind of like I'd never been away from it. It was just kind of natural. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a people business. And, you know, it, Craig, that's, a, that's a, a great back. So when people find their path in the right road they should be on, it doesn't even feel like work anymore. It feels like you're just living your dream, living your passion. And 
yeah. thankfully you found yours in that business model and, and we're, we're hugely successful based on it being such a good fit for you. I think there's some magic to the listeners on that, that if you can find what you were meant to do, you'll do a great job of it because you'll love to do it. And, and congratulations, Craig, on, on your success for sure. Yeah, you know, if I can just comment on, on, on that last point that you mentioned, made there about finding what you want to do. Uh, you know, in the business over the years, I've had so many mid-level to senior-level executives uh, phone me up, want to go for coffee, and typically they want to go for coffee because they want to talk about, you know, they're thinking of doing something different. And um, I always ask them the question, Ian, I ask them, so what do you want to do? Now, remember, these are people who have been in business for a while. Yeah. And I'd say 95% of them look at me, look at me and they go, Craig, that's the question I got to figure out. Wow. <laughs> that right? That, that's a wow. That's a wow to me. It's like, <laughs> you know, you're in yeah. it for 10, 20, maybe get longer years. You're successful. You're climbing the corporate ladder. And you ask a simple question. What do you want to do when you grow up? And people are like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. They, they, that's the question. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so I, I wouldn't mind asking you this. I'm sure our listeners will be curious. Everyone today, everyone's talking about talent, right? And is there a talent shortage in business these days? And if so, how can companies get around this problem, deal with this problem? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I would say uh, there's always a shortage of what I'd say high-quality talent. Uh, there's, there's always a shortage of high-quality talent. But the question is, how do you discover and how do you understand who has the talent, especially with if they're in your existing organization? But, you know, just to kind of talk a little bit about that question, Ian, you know, there's a few points. I would say the first is uh, organizations need to, because of this, quote, talent shortage or this concern of, of talent, number one is you've got to make sure you protect your existing your existing talent. And it's, you know, it's really basic uh, stuff here, but you know, you've got to make sure that your, your existing talent, especially your high-level talent, is being treated properly and that you're listening to them and that the candidates understand you know, where the business is, what the value proposition within the business is, and that you're living up to it. And I'd say the second thing is that... Uh, is that you? Some of your best next hires within organizations, organizations are too quick to look outside their organization, um, and uh, and not look internally. And the challenge that organizations have today, from a talent perspective, with their internal talent, is that they are viewing candidates in what they're doing today, not in what their potential is. And they have to have a way to be able to look at their existing talent at the potential. And that's something we can talk about later and how simulations allow you to do that. But I would say the third thing is that your company needs to be attractive. You know, if there is a bit of a shortage talent, like the, orga the organization that you work with or if you're leading an organization, you've got to make sure that it is an attractive organization and that your team who is hired, who is involved in hiring, they better understand your value proposition, what the company stands for, and be able to act, be able to articulate that to individuals that they're approaching. Because a good quality talent wants to know what you stand for, and are you living up to it? And I would say the last thing, just about 
you know, some of the best organizations I know who don't have this talent concern is because they have worked with their talent, with their existing management team to get them to always keep an ear to the ground on, you know, good potential people that you're engaging with, that you're talking with on a daily basis, especially young talent who you can groom within the organization. Wonderfully said. Uh, so, so, Craig, to summarize, uh, I mean, the shortage of, of talent, it starts with, I love how you said that, like protect your existing talent, you know, like treat them well, value them, listen to them, you know, find a career path for them. You don't want them to, to, get, to get away and go across the street, for sure. It starts there. And then your next best part could be internal. Look internal first. You don't know where, you know, it's hard to, to, to bring someone on and onboard them and Train them on the culture, train them on the products, the value proposition, the people, the process. If someone's already got a lot of that already and a little more development and they're, you know, they're the right fit for where the company's going, look internal first. Be an attractive uh, company, like your hiring team really knowing and believing in your value proposition because that is contagious. And the fourth thing I think he added, which is I think is very important, is always be looking. Or that, you know, keep your, your hiring radar on, have that talent pipeline in, in some form of always development that you never know where your next rock star is going to come from. And, and don't be afraid of young people. Young people can be the next generation of, of high talent for you, for sure. That's good, great points, Craig. Absolutely. And listen, I've let heard me, you Ian, talking a lot about Ian, Go ahead. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, Ian, let, me just add, let me just add to that. And I would say that over the years, you know, we've been doing this for 21 years now in the simulation business. And I would say that uh, some of the best hires that our clients have made are candidates that they would never have considered from their own talent pool until we've actually, or our consultants have almost forced them into saying, hey, listen, let's look at one or two of your individual talent uh, personnel within your organization, let's get them involved in the simulations. And what ends up happening is that the hiring team now has been forced into putting their mind set away from how they view the candidate in their existing role. And we start to look at that candidate in this new role. And we just had one this last week that we finished with a large insurance company where uh, they were hiring executive vice president and they had uh, two external candidates and they had one internal candidate. The internal candidate was someone that they had no uh, thought of actually promoting them until we put them through the simulations. And that was the person that they ended up hiring. Wow. I mean, the diamond could be right in your barn already. It's right there. Absolutely. You got to look though. And, and, and the development process, the, the training process, you're probably already 80% done, right? Instead yeah. of onboarding someone cold from the get go. Wonderful, wonderful advice on that, Craig. Absolutely. I, I've heard you talk a lot uh, through the years about being an expert in the simulation work as it pertains to the hiring world. How would you define an expert and specifically in your line of work, Craig? What, what makes for that level of expertise. Yeah, and I, I would say anyone who's in the consulting world or any type of professional services, they, they need to, in this in this marketplace, they need to focus and hone in in presenting themselves um, as an expert. And really an expert to me is someone who has a unique value or unique offering where the client is willing to pay a premium 
for the service that you provide to help them understand their current situation and help them change it. So it's really allowing the client to, um, to see you as someone that brings something unique. They're willing to pay for it. And I would say the biggest point here, Ian, is that they're willing to allow you to direct the process. So you're not taking direction, but you are providing direction. You are the expert. They're paying you a lot of money for that. So uh, that is, to me, the, the most important part when you walk into a meeting or when we walk into a meeting is that we're walking in as an expert. Our clients are experts in what they do. We're experts in assessing and understanding talent and allowing clients to manage their risk in that, in that way. And that, that makes so much sense. And, and, and you're right. A, a unique offering of value that the customer is happy to pay extra for, they wouldn't yeah. need you if you weren't at the table. So the, the need is there and the impact you can have. I like what you also said, Craig, about them allowing you to lead the process. You're the expert in your value, and that's why they brought you in. So don't put me in the backseat of the car. Let me drive the car while we get this process done for you. Yeah. I think it speaks, yeah. speaks volumes to a, a great relationship yeah. with the client in the end. I mean, that's what happens. So, yeah, so and, I want to talk yeah. to you a little bit about your book, right? Yeah, and this is awesome. I remember you first came out with it. Maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your book, which is, again, is called My Worst Hire and What I Learned From It and why you wrote the book, and, and how has it been accepted in the marketplace overall so far? It's been a couple of years now. Maybe you could talk about your book for us, Greg. Yeah, it's been a year and a half since we uh, we released the book. Uh, the, the sales of the book have, have, fallen, have fallen off uh, compared to what it was the first year. We did very well with the book, uh, but that, the intent of the book was never to, to for it to be a bestseller. It really was to uh, provide our clients or potential clients have sort of an understanding of how not to, to hire and some, some learning nuggets. And the whole genesis of the book uh, comes to, with our experience with our clients where once we get to know clients, once we typically work with the president and CEO or some key uh, individuals within the organization who really can't afford to make these bad hires, once we get to know them and they're willing to open up, they usually have a story and they, you know, they, they usually start something like, you know, Craig, uh, let me tell you a story of one of the worst hires I ever made. And we get the story, but then they would always finish with, but let me tell you what I learned. Yeah. And I remember coming back to my wife and saying, you know, after hearing many, many of these saying, you know, there's a book here. And, uh, when the pandemic hit, I'd started writing the book. We got very busy. I'd put it down. And then when the pandemic hit, our business went from going from 150 miles an hour down to almost zero overnight. Our biz, our clients didn't go away. They just didn't know what to do at the time. So we had, we had about two months of free time. Uh, so I said to my wife, look, why don't we go to the cottage and why don't I finish this book? And went and interviewed the, the, the 50 uh, executives within the book, uh, got their little stories and their, their hiring nuggets, put it together. And it just has been a tremendous tool for us from a marketing perspective. And, you know, we just finished a project over in Scotland uh, and we actually got that business from being involved in a high-level senior executive uh, simulation with, with the board um, of the organization. When we finished the simulation, I just went around and uh, gave signed copies with a little note to 
the board members uh, within the organization. That was it. And two days later, got a phone call from uh, a fellow who was married to one of the board members who had received the book. And he runs a large organization, and he wanted us immediately to get involved in the process. And so it's been a tremendous tool for us for, for marketing as well. That's brilliant. And, and I love what you said about the book. I mean, writing a book, unless your name is Stephen King, you know, you're not doing it with the intent of being a bestseller and no. retiring no. off the royalties of a book. That's what anyone in business really doesn't do it that way. It, it, it lends a lot of credibility. And I love the uniqueness of, of, of your book, Craig, that you interviewed 50 senior executives and found out their war stories. So anyone who yeah. wants to build a sustainable, strong business Get a, get a hold of Craig's book, and there's 50 things to not do. There's great lessons learned from many people out there that you can learn it in, in short order instead of have to go through all those things yourself. Better yet, call Craig first. That would be my, yeah. my real advice to, to them, no, for sure. That's tremendous, and congratulations, Craig, on, on the success of the book and, and how it continues to deliver new opportunities for you. It's, it's making a huge impact. And, and when I think about that, when I think about simulation, and, and you've, you've found this secret sauce, this magic for how to get it right, why aren't others offering what you offer in the marketplace? Since it's had such a successful track record of success at hiring key team members, uh, why aren't others doing that? How, are, how have you been able to hang on to your uniqueness? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a question I keep asking myself because what we do is it's not brain surgery. But, and I would say, you know, uh, if you look at organizations today, uh, some form of simulation is being performed in some element of, of, of the hiring already within their organizations. So those are the clients who immediately gravitate to us because they understand the power of it. The problem is they don't have the rigor. They don't have the scoring process. They don't have the technology that we have that kind of delivers and combines and brings all the information with the reporting. Uh, but uh, that's one of the things that we're trying to figure out right now is, I mean, how do we go from a company that is providing the services to our clients right now into bringing what we have as expertise and technology to um, uh, practitioners who are in the field today that they can actually offer it? So, um, I believe there's a lot of organizations, individuals who want to be able to provide this type of service. They just don't know how to start. You know, it's taken us 21 years to kind of figure this whole thing out over over time. So we think that, uh, and, and it's a great question that you have, you know, why aren't others wanting to do it? I think it's because it does seem simple, but there, there, there are a lot of moving pieces that have to be done right. Uh, and I think we've figured that out. Now we're trying to figure out how do we actually multiply that in the market. Makes makes so much sense. You, you've built the mousetrap and you've spent a couple of decades of expertise and experience yeah. and, and technology to, to build this thing. Uh, someone looking to get into that business, they'd be far smarter just to license it from you. Maybe let them white label it and boom, um, they're, they're a business partner. They're an associate or an agent for you yeah, in various that's what uh, we're looking at. Yeah, I, I mean there's a there's such a great way to grow your business that way. Got lots of ideas on that one for you, Craig. That's fantastic. So so this is this is awesome. You you you're you're doing a, a great job, a great service to the world. You've written about it. You've got a, a assessment simulation to 
to help prove it and make it work for, for people. Uh, Craig, congratulations on your, on your great success, not just of the book, but of the business and sticking through the pandemic and coming out the other side golden. So I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of you, my friend, and congratulations on your success. Well, thank you. So again, my special guest this week uh, has been uh, Craig Bissett, president of Higher Results Limited and author of the book, My Worst Hire and What I Learned From It. Uh, Craig's in Toronto. Craig, I'm sure our listeners today are wondering, how do I get a hold of Craig's book? How, do I, how can I reach out to talk to Craig? Uh, there's some things I'm sure he and his you know, technology could help us with. What's the best way for our listeners to reach out to you, Craig? Yeah, there's probably two ways, obviously, through uh, the website. So the book is simply myworsthire.com, real simple, myworsthire.com. You can buy the book on online there, um, hard cover or soft cover. Uh, and uh, you can also go to Higher Results, and that's H-I-R-E results.ca, and all our contact information is there as well. That's fantastic. Again, Craig, thank you very much for taking the time today and talking to our listeners. Uh, greatly appreciated. Appreciate it, Ian. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks again, Craig. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.